0: It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: It's time. It's time to hit the ice, Penguin fans. Chris Mack has you covered with all the news and notes surrounding Surrounding your Penguin. Only on 5th Avenue Faceoff. And welcome back in to another edition of Odyssey's 5th Avenue Faceoff, a Pittsburgh hockey podcast where we talk pens and look back on what went down against the Columbus Blue Jackets ahead to the rest of this big homestand. A lot to dig into. Of course, you know, follow the podcast on your Odyssey app, A U D A C Y. And be sure to get new episodes as soon as they're ready or wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're in there, subscribing, downloading the latest episodes, be sure to leave a rating and a review as well. We appreciate it as always. A little bit later, we'll talk to Stefan Rossner of NYI Hockey Now. He covers the Islanders. Uh, we'll talk to Jesse Marshall of The Athletic. Catch up with him. But as we do a couple times a week, we bring in our guy Tango, Eric Tangrady. Uh Man, I don't know what to make of this team anymore other than they play a whole hell of a lot better when they get a good swift kick in the ass. And that's what the first, what, 30 minutes was last night, a good swift kick in the rear end against Columbus down for nothing at one point. Of course, it's Jason Zucker who comes in with the, with the espresso shot, right. Who gives him the energy, gives him the kick. And then the third period is just, I, I, it's, it's what we've seen the Penguins do how many times during the Crosby, Malkin, Latang era, uh, just an onslaught on somebody. But the frustrating part for someone like me, or I think a lot of fans, uh, is, man, did you have to get down 4 nothing to the worst team in the league first before he decided to turn it on?
2: Yeah, you can get away with that stuff uh, against Columbus, right? You, you the belief. But, um, again, building for playoffs, can you get behind two, even 2 nothing, 3 nothing against a... Uh, uh looking at probably a one or two seed on either side um that's the scary part so i mean you you have to look at it like that you know it's exciting that this team does have the type of power fire power to get back in any game but at the same time it's not truly the recipe for success so there are certain nights kind of how sullivan summed up this press conference it's like we we just did what we had to do to get the result um sure it was ugly sure at times it, it was not the, the proper way that they want to play moving forward. But two points, you move on, and hopefully it's just that, that that perfect lesson of sometimes you can win a game and feel like crap, and that's kind of what this team needs to get moving forward. Like, it would have been all hell-breaking loose if they would have lost that game. Um, You know, if they go down 4 nothing and they just have a lifeless two periods, I think the discussion we're having is a whole lot different. We're probably talking about <laughs> taking – taking people off the out of of the the press box taking people off the bench like that's the kind of crazy discussion we would be having and and now it's okay learn the lesson two points let's see if we can push forward here
1: what do you do as a coach and look you're coaching at a lower level but you're still coaching people you're still coaching guys who you expect even at the high school level to go out and give you full effort bang right from the go and for those who are just jumping in midstream Eric Tangrady, former Penguin, he coaches at Shadyside Academy now. So when you got, get guys out there and they come out flat and they feel like they can just kind of get away with a listless effort and turn it on whenever they feel like it. I mean, I'm sure each guy is different. Some guys, you got to dig into them a little bit. Some guys, you got to lavish them with praise and turn their ego up in order for them to turn it on. Uh, but what's what do you do from a team aspect? I mean, Mike Sullivan did everything he could. He calls a timeout. He changed his goaltenders, and eventually it got his guys' attention, or maybe they just decided to wake up on their own. But how many how many levers can you pull? How many stops are there before you just say, guys, I, I can't make you care tonight?
2: Yeah, I mean, to me, after that first period, that's like something had to have got broken in that locker room. I mean, I don't know mm-hmm. what the message you can give um you know we take a step back at the high school level like i can't be breaking sticks in the locker room and and going crazy but when we look at the pro perspective like for me i i'm always preaching like top guys bottom guys like i want our first five shifts to be like the most simplistic energy type hockey shifts and i think that's got to be the message for everybody in that group like let's just play a simple playoff type hockey game for the first five minutes and then like then we'll start the game will start to open up and then we'll start to impose our will. But you no, know, after that first, like I, I would assume there hopefully there's a TV broken or something in that locker room <laughs> because that was just like unacceptable. And I think um there's certain times in a game where you, you can't just go in and start screaming at guys in the professional level every single period multiple times in a, in a year, but we'll
0: tune you know, it out, right?
2: Yeah, I think that's a type of type of game, type of start, type of opponent where you know, message needs to be so loud and so clear that that's not all right. And it looks like they, they more than likely responded to that
1: message. When you're watching that team last night, kind of go through the motions through the first, like I said, 20, 25 minutes. um, Is it, what precipitates that? Do you think it's the fact that this is a veteran laden team, oldest team in the league? We've mentioned that a lot that knows they can sometimes get away with just turning it on. Is it, They've been through so many battles that even when they're down 2 nothing, 3 nothing, they're thinking to themselves, ah, we've been here before, we'll be fine. Or is it is it something else? Is it something physical? When you watch those guys start the way they did last night, which they've done – we've lost count of how many times this year they've started like that now. Um, what's it look like to you?
2: Looks like just mental fatigue. It looks like mm-hmm. uh, a top six who is slightly overworked who probably you know not to say that any of those guys can't handle pressure but I mean mentally through the course of a year like you, you get especially this time like this is the, the mental fatigue like guys are exhausted like this is where it, it gets really really hard and, and still the national hockey League like nobody's good enough to just show up um you know sometimes teams can get away with having a lot of power plays and just executing on the power play because they have so much high-end skill but to me i think it's just a mental fatigue part where that top six just needs spark they need something you know um they go into those games you can see frustration early on which to me like kind of signifies there's a there's a lot a lot of fatigue going on and that's where i was telling you on uh, saying on monday about i want to see that fourth line get to that 10 plus minute mm-hmm. threshold like i looked um benino i looked uh, a couple other guys like just right under right around eight I uh, would like to see that third line get up to 15 and then their minutes were down to. Obviously, when you go behind in games, you don't have that option. But um, I, I can just see that the fatigue is starting to wear on these guys and not playing so many big minutes and so many big games.
1: Is there a way to, I, I guess, for lack of a better way to put it, refresh that in guys down the stretch now, knowing there's this much – High impact, and I mean both mentally and emotionally as well as physically, high impact hockey left down the stretch here. Every single game means that much more. Every shift seemingly means that much more. Is there a way you can f- keep guys fresh down the stretch when you're in a, in, in a position where you do need every point in the standings? Or do guys just have to, for lack of a better way to put it, suck it up, pull themselves up by the bootstraps, and and, and bring it every single shift, whether they feel like it or not?
2: Yeah, the only thing you can manage is practice. I mean, again, results-oriented business. Like every game's a playoff game right now in Pittsburgh. Um, I would anticipate these practices to be thirty minutes tops, not a lot of stopping starting. Like, regardless if they would have lost that game four nothing, like you're not in the bag skate mode of a season for a team. Uh, I think with all the sports science and all the nutrition and all that stuff, like I would anticipate all those top minute guys to be practicing minimally down the stretch because you, you just got to know that there's not a way to do it in the game because they're all focused on playoffs and you can see they all want it. I mean, it's just a matter of like mental breakdown, mental errors and a given shift just seem like they just end up in the back of the net every time this year. And I've been on teams like that and it's a, it's a nasty feeling, but you just have to kind of find a way to stay sharp and persevere through that kind of stuff.
0: eBay motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential and then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love,
1: I don't know if you've done this, but because because you're better about watching the game as a whole than, than I am. I watch it much more as a fan, even if I know some of the little intricacies here and there. You're watching all of the details. There have been, I don't know, especially in the last few weeks, at least a handful of times, I've just gone, thank God for Jason Zucker. This guy, I mean, he is instant energy when he hits the ice. And seemingly, every time this team has their back up against the wall in the midst of a game, he's the guy who punches their way out of the corner.
2: Yeah, I mean, he, he's unsung hero. I mean, obviously, what he was capable of, uh, you know, outside of the injuries coming into Pittsburgh, like everybody knew he had that type of firepower with his shot and, 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 and the ability to like kind of make plays. But this has been this has been awesome to watch. I mean, he is the unsung hero of the Pittsburgh Penguins this year. He's just finding ways to just it seemed like just run through a brick wall to to, to create a spark. And um i hope that can kind of push a lot of opinions forward from well, it seemed like they were trying to just move that number off the cap for a couple of years and now it's looking like man this is a guy you need to have in this locker room for the future um so it's been it's been awesome to see him create that spark and um i think that's exactly what this team needs is somebody who can create that outside spark and obviously meshing with Gino. Um, that's not easy either, finding types of wingers to mesh with the, those two centermen. I think he's done a great job.
1: I mean, great time to have a contract here. <laughs> Whether it ends up with with a, an extension or, or a new deal here in Pittsburgh or somewhere else, it's going to pay off for Jason Zucker. All right, um, Tristan Jari, we've been watching him since he came back, and the numbers haven't been that impressive. Like, save percentage right around 880, 890, I want to say it is. Goals against average is up around four. Um, they didn't help him a lot last night. I get it, but eight saves on 12 shots. He gets lifted probably as much because Mike Sullivan, again, wanted to get the guy's attention as anything else. But where are we with Jari now? Because we're supposed to believe that the penguins best chance in the playoffs is with him playing at his best because, well, we haven't seen that the last couple of years and it's been the death of him in the playoffs. Um, So do we still trust in Tristan Jari to be that guy that they need if they're really going to get through a a round of the playoffs?
2: Yeah, coming off of injury, it's kind of we're more in like the sample size part of things. I think with the way the schedule is coming up, I I think they're just going to have to ride the hot hand. Like, you know, with all these back-to-backs, they're both going to have to play. And I think we're all waiting to see, like, who's just going to grab it and run. Most good teams have a 1A and 1B. Um, you know, every successful Penguins team in the past has had that 1A, 1B, and then they ride somebody hot going into playoffs. So it's hard to say, like, do we to trust one guy at this point? It's still like a sample size. where well, no one's really grabbed the bull by the horns, and I think time's going to tell because they're both, because of the schedule, are going to have to play.
1: Did you ever feel yourself playing differently in front of one goaltender versus another?
2: Absolutely. Abso- yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I, I think... I've been on teams where you know you have, like we talked about, like the back to back. So on Friday, you get your guy, you put together a solid effort, and then you know you have somebody else coming in, and you just know, like, we, we got to make sure we defend first. Um, at the same time, like, you, you know, these guys are in the best league in the world and what they're capable of, but I, I would be naive to say, like, no, we didn't feel a certain way with certain goals. Absolutely. When you have, um, and I'm not saying this is a situation in Pittsburgh, but if you have a backup who doesn't have a hasn't had a positive track record of getting into these games, like you just knew the game had to get simpler, you know, maybe instead of trying to make a cross-ice feed through the, the defensive zone, like it's chip it off the wall and and play a simple type uh type of hockey game because of who's who you have back there.
1: What would you do with the rotation this weekend? Philly on Saturday, Rangers on Sunday. My first thought is go to Smith against the Flyers, Jari against the Rangers. Is that where you would track also?
2: Honestly, I'm I'm probably the opposite. I think okay. every game is the most important. The Philly game is the game you have to win. You can't just assume mm. you're going to win it. Um, now, again, sorry coming off that the game, and and maybe the Smith is the one you feel more confident in. But I think you're in the position of whoever gives you the best chance to win that day has got to play that game because you don't want to pull a, a you know a Columbus against Philly and think. Oh, just having the guy we're trying to get going in net is going to just help us because the team's not as good. Like, no, you got to take care of business on Friday and deal with Saturday or deal with the next game when the next game is there. So I think whoever they feel gives them the best chance to win against the Flyers has to play. And if that guy gives you the best chance to play in the back-to-back, you got to ride him again. But again, it's tough for goaltenders in this league to play back-to-back. We saw that with Smith on that West Coast trip as well.
1: I asked Aaron Portsline about the Jackets-Penguins rivalry the other day, which never really got off the ground. Like it did for a series, it felt like, but that's five or six years in the rearview mirror now, and it's kind of fizzled out a little bit. It should be a rivalry, you know, proximity and everything, much like the Pens and the Flyers are a rivalry, seemingly whether both teams are up, both teams down, one or the other. You're one of those people who has that uh, that unique perspective of growing up out there, and having the Philly perspective perspective on the rivalry and then coming to Pittsburgh and now getting the Western PA perspective on the rivalry. So when you look at it, does Penn's, the, the Penns-Flyers rivalry still have the same juice?
2: I don't think it does. I, I think it's, it's funny how you mentioned these rivalries. I don't really think about like Columbus Pittsburgh. I think about Dubinsky Crosby, right? Oh, like that, good call. that to me is like that's the rivalry. And yeah. like once he left, it just felt like there was kind of like this. I don't know. you kind of comparing apples to oranges. Now, Crosby Pittsburgh goes into Philly. I think they treat that game like game seven. The Flyers come into Pittsburgh. I don't know. I think the Pittsburgh fans kind of think we're we're way above the the, the Philly fans. And sure there's a little bit of that rivalry and that tension, but nothing really compares to the Penguins going into Philly versus the flyers coming into pittsburgh now when the flyers are in a playoff spot i think that changes the whole dynamic in pittsburgh but again i just i I think that fan bases have gotten so crosby fixated that crosby going to philly like they're gonna sell out that stadium just to boo him the entire game not whatever the result is in that game but once once the Giroux and the you know the even the, the carters and the richards and all those big big strong top line players in philly Kind of left, and they in these transition years, I felt like the, the rivalry even in Philly has fizzled a little bit.
1: Before I let you run two with Tango, you mentioned something had to get broken in that locker room after the first period against the Blue Jackets. I can't imagine some of the stuff you've seen, whether it be in juniors and the AHL, hell, maybe even over in Kazakhstan or wherever it was when you played in the KHL for a little bit. What's the wildest coach freakout you've ever seen?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I I've seen a, a full baseball swing through a television uh, in the locker room. Um, that was up in Winnipeg, and um, that was in the the, the stages of where the, the the base was there for us to be successful. Right. And they, as players, we just weren't responding to the coach, and the coach was kind of on his way out. And um, he came in, and he baseball took a swing to the to the television, and it was. <laughs> I, you, when you say you couldn't hear a pin drop, like it was worse than that. Like you could literally hear, like Breath. you could hear everything. It <laughs> yeah. was, it was wild, but yeah, I'll never forget that moment. Like you, you've been used to coaches coming in, screaming, yelling, singling out players, but to literally go to a player and grab a stick out of his hand and baseball swing it through a 75 inch television. That was, pretty, that was pretty insane.
1: That's a bad period of work. Whatever happened right before that. Um, yeah. <laughs> Eric, thanks as always for the time. We'll catch up with you again next week. We'll have a lot more to dig into as we'll be in the thick of uh, what we should probably just call around here Rangers week, right? It'll be three in seven days between the Pens and the Rangers. They'll go a long way to deciding uh, what positioning looks like at the end of the year in the Metro and what the playoff matchups look like, hopefully if you're a Penguins fan. So thanks again for the time today, man. We'll catch up again soon.
2: Always fun. Thanks, Chris.
1: All right. Thanks, man. Yeah, we'll be deep into the heart of what we'll just call around here, Rangers week. Uh, When we get Eric back into the fold early next week, got to get through what's an interesting weekend first, which ends with the Rangers, has the Flyers involved as we were talking about there for a couple of minutes, but also, well, the Islanders. That's why in a couple minutes from NYI Hockey Now, Stefan Rossner will join us, but first, we bring him back for a return engagement one of our first guests on fifth avenue face off the great jesse marshall of the athletic he joins me next on fifth avenue face off